In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Last time we started speaking about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and we spoke about what is their uh, views on God, um, and what do they believe about salvation. Um, God willing, today we're going to conclude um, the talk about Jehovah's Witnesses, um, and today we're going to start by speaking about morals, and then also the way that they, um, that they worship. Um, it's actually interesting that some Jehovah's Witnesses came to my house last week, so... Yeah, they probably watched this online and they wanted to correct my. <laughs> so, what is it that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe regarding um, re regarding morality? So, they have actually um, very strict moral code. That's one of the things, actually, that you know, when, when we speak about these other uh, religions and denominations and so on is yeah there's a lot of things that we disagree with um you know uh but there's also things we can learn like when it comes to like jehovah's witnesses um also mormons which we will talk about i think next time um they live by a very strict code and they have a lot of good principles even if we don't agree with kind of from a from a religious perspective of what they believe but a lot of the morals that they practice are actually very good and and service like you know i can only imagine that if we try to organize a system in the church where every single person would be um, required to go door to door um, to preach and evangelize the people you know i'm not saying that that's a good idea to do but i'm just saying if we try to organize it i think there will be a lot of resistance and there will be a lot of people that just felt uncomfortable going they wouldn't want to go you know and so the fact that they're training their people so that they have the religious understanding of their own beliefs and they have a dedication and commitment to go and to do this and in some cases i know in the mormons for instance they actually like sacrifice meals um on a, on a weekly basis and give the money that was for those meals to the poor and dedicating time after they graduate for service and ministry and so on so there's definitely a sense um in 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 the church and in, in, in their in their church about um like, like like regarding commitment service dedication seriousness being involved all those things i think we can benefit and learn from instead of having the mentality like the church is here to serve me I'm like i come to the church i'm served by the church and i go home and that's it you know uh, a lot of people feel like they don't really have a, a, a place they don't really have a service they don't really have anything that they can provide a service for and certainly not everyone has the same gifts but there should always be something that we feel that we can offer to god and offer to his church so one of the things that they reject is blood transfusions um also they do not celebrate um, holidays birthdays or christmas or easter um, they consider that easter is actually of pagan origin and i think we mentioned that last time they don't believe that jesus was crucified on a cross so they don't have a cross symbol um, they believe he was crucified on a stake so just through it like a like a pole um, mothers and fathers days they don't celebrate that because they're not biblical so they don't consider that anything that um, is not explicit explicitly celebrated in the bible or god did not explicitly command that they be celebrated to be celebrated so anything else they would consider to be uh, a secular um holiday actually there was a person i can't remember somebody had asked me about um uh, or, or considering that birthdays would be uh, immoral 
um, regarding uh, something that happened in the book of Job. So in the book of Job, the, the children of Job, um, they were having some kind of celebration at the time when they were killed by, by like, a, like a catastrophe, like a natural catastrophe. And so they considered that that was evidence that God was punishing them for celebrating something, right? So there's this view that some people have, and, and I believe Mormons as well, they also limit their celebrations, um, that any kind of celebration is, is wrong. Of course, we don't, we don't believe that. Um, celebrating something is not the same thing as, as idol worship. Right? You can have a celebration of some secular event or some personal event um, that is kind of unrelated to the Bible, but at the same time, it's not, it's not against God. It's not, it's, it's not dis- dishonoring Him. Participation in the armed forces, voting, saluting the flag, demonstrating allegiance to men rather than to Jehovah. Right? So again, this is like an example of... Um, a secular participation in something that they consider that any kind of secular activity is, is by definition wrong. Of course, we don't we don't believe that, right? We believe that participating actually in the community and in 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 voting, for instance, is a way for us to express our beliefs as to like what we want um, the society to look like, right? And so it's it's trying to shape the society. It's trying to actually bring the morality of God into the public sphere to where we are trying to say this is the right way that everyone should act or behave, what's legal, what's illegal, who should be responsible for the country, the leaders, and so on. So we don't s- divorce the idea of um, you know, secular participation, like when it comes to like the po- politics and so on, from God. We actually, we say that they, they are, there's some connection between the two. Right? It doesn't mean that the church is a political entity by any means, but each of us as individuals have a responsibility to go and to express our political beliefs, you know, and, and, and there's, a, there's a process of doing so. So again, here they kind of take it as an extreme. Um, the Bible itself speaks about uh, that we have responsibility to obey the government and to participate in that process. Um, and, and even the idea of having armed forces. So like in in the in scripture for instance in the old testament the israelites had army had armies and they would go and they would battle and god would tell them go and fight with such and such nation and god would grant them victory so the idea of even war is something that you know under under certain necessary conditions um is is you know it, god allows it doesn't it doesn't mean that god wants warmongering okay but he, but there are certain conditions where it is valid in order to wage war and to protect oneself and so on Jehovah's Witnesses do teach uh, and endeavor to live by the moral standards of God's word. They are guided by principles such as the following. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Do not defraud. Let the stealer steal no more, but rather let him do hard work, doing with his hands what is good work, that he may have something to distribute to someone in need. And we wish to conduct ourselves honestly in all things. So there's, there's a lot of virtues that the, that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe in. And one thing that was clear um, when we spoke about it last time is that uh, 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 the, 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 there, there is no concept of, of grace, okay? It's all about the work. It's all about doing good work. And, and it's important for us to differentiate between a religion like Christianity, which, yes, is preaching good work, but is ultimately about salvation through the grace of God, versus a religion where it's just about doing good work. 
Because many people, when they look at Christianity, they see Christianity as a religion that we always preaching how we should behave, what is right and wrong, morality, and so on. But the fact that we are preaching morality does not mean that we believe that we are saved through morality, which is why the idea of you know, well, what about salvation for a certain group of people that are good people? So the, the, the minute you start talking about people who are good people and salvation for them, now we are kind of going back to the idea of the belief that salvation is by works, which we do not believe, right? So here they focus a lot of morals, and that's good, but we do not believe that salvation is through any kind of moral code. We believe that it's the reverse that because we are saved, that God is, is sanctifying us and saving us and working in us through the Holy Spirit, then we have a desire for good work, that we want to do good work. And so it is part of our faith. Faith is a faith that is reflected in works, but that it is a response to what God is doing for us, as opposed to saying that because we are doing good works, God has chosen to save, right? Um, actually, in the scripture, it says that while we were still sinners, God incarnated and died for us while we were still sinners. It is not that he waited until such a time where we had demonstrated some level of holiness or morality, and then he said, okay, because you have done this, now I will come and I will save you from your sins. It was the reverse. He saved us from our sins, and then we, looking at him and looking at what he did for us and the gift that he's offering us, we respond by by taking this gift and by living according to how he's asked us to live as a response, not as the initiators. We are not the initiators. God is the initiator, and we respond to him. So even though, yes, we believe actually all these things, because this is in the Bible, and this is part of the Christian principles of morality, um, but, but the, again, the focus is salvation is not through these things. Salvation is not just according to during doing certain actions, as the Jehovah's Witnesses would say, that has nothing to do with grace. Within Christianity, without grace, there is no salvation. There, there isn't any salvation without grace. Worship. How do they worship? The Jehovah's Witnesses are headed by a governing body consisting of 18 men, chosen from living members of the 144,000 elect, having supreme and final authority, especially in the interpretation of the Bible. So one problem here, and I don't know if they have a solution for this or what they're decided, but considering how, you know, what time the, the Jehovah's Witnesses began, and we spoke about last time that this 144,000 were essentially the first 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. And they believed that the world would have ended by before the time that they would have reached, you know, the 144,000, because the problem they had from then on is essentially any, any believer, any Jehovah's Witness, who came after the 144,000 now cannot be a member of the 144,000 elect. So we talked about the little flock. The little flock is 144,000. And the great crowd, the great crowd is essentially any faithful Jehovah's Witness who, um, instead of going to heaven, um, when they die, they will be on earth, ruled by Jesus Christ here on earth. So they are choosing this governing body from among the 144,000, but I'm not sure how many of these 144,000 are still alive, but if they are still alive, then eventually they were, you know, they were not going to be. The, the, the number of times where they predicted the end of the world reflects that, they believe that the world would have ended much, much sooner, would not have lasted as long um, as, as it has. 
locally, congregations meet in the Kingdom Hall. So that's the name of their church building. They call it the Kingdom Hall. Usually on three days a week, a required five hours. Again, going back to what I said before. If I were to tell the congregation that you have to come and spend five hours and three days a week in church, right, I would expect that there will be a lot of resistance. You know, people are going to say, well, we're busy and we have work and we have kids and we have activities and we have this and we have this and we have this, right? So for, th for these people to be as committed in order to say, you know what, we are going to go to the Kingdom Hall for three times a week and spend this required five hours, again, it demonstrates some level of commitment and, and faith that they're willing to, to put this into practice because they believe that this is the truth. And chiefly to learn from Watchtower materials. So remember, the Watchtower is the, the publication that they publish, which essentially has the teachings of Jehovah's Witness. And this is primarily what they study in these meetings, and, and this is their form of worship. They go and they learn what is it that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe, and they learn their history, and they learn their faith, and so on. This is also what the Jehovah's Witnesses that go around preaching, this is what they pass out. They will pass out this magazine called the Watchtower. And remember, the official name of the Jehovah's Witnesses is the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. That is the actual official name. The Watchtower has to do with like being watchful because they are very mindful of the end of the world. So it's like we're watching. We're, we're, we're always alert and watching um, for this. Um, to learn from the Watchtower materials taught by elders, there are no priests or pastors in preparation for door-to-door -door witnessing. So they have no separation between um, the laity and the clergy. There's no concept of clergy in uh, Jehovah's Witness. Um, essentially, all of the people are the same, but there are some people who are more knowledgeable or experienced or, or older, and they are the ones who tend to teach. Jehovah's Witnesses do not use religious symbols, such as the cross in their worship. For them, the cross is a pagan symbol. Christ was crucified on a stake and not on not a cross. Most of the programs involve audience particip participation, similar to a classroom discussion. Worship starts and ends with prayer, and most services include singing. All services focus on reading and discussing the Bible and seeing how to apply it in one's life. Those in attendance, even the very young, are encouraged to read the verses being discussed in their own copy of the Bible. So the focus is primarily uh, teaching, right? It's about, it's about teaching. It's, it's different, very much different than, you know, what we practice, right? When we, when we come to the church, even though there is some educational component of the service, so educational includes the readings, so we're reading the Word of God, um, the sermon, we're hearing interpretation of the wor Word of God, but the primary uh, reason why people come to the liturgy is not to just hear the readings. We can we can read the readings on our own. We can read the Synaxarian on our own. Um, we can listen to thousands of sermons on our own. The the primary reason that we come to the liturgy is to pray and to take communion, which are things that like the the idea of the communion and the work of the Holy Spirit in us is something that is done to us, as opposed to it being something that we do. It is not that we are coming so we can learn and then apply, although those are that is important and that's part of it. But the primary thing that we're doing in the liturgy is we're coming and we are kind of receiving. We are receiving from God His work in us. 
right? The work of the Holy Spirit in us, the communion that we are receiving, right, is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. This is the communion that he said, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. So we are receiving life through the sacraments, okay? And this is a very different perspective and a very different attitude toward worship as compared to what we see here in the Jehovah's Witness. The whole Jehovah's Witness is more about knowledge. I'm, I'm getting knowledge, I'm applying the knowledge. Whereas we, in addition to knowledge, we are receiving the grace of God because we acknowledge that it only through God himself, through the grace of God working in us, through the Holy Spirit, that we are able to live according to his commandments. Because it's not just knowledge. Like, I always say, you know, even if we never learned anything more than what we already know about Christianity, if we never learned another single fact, but we are actually able to apply everything we do know about the faith, then we would all be saints. Because it's not that there is some hidden, unknown, mysterious knowledge that if only we knew it, then we would be able to practice and live and do everything right. The issue is not with the knowledge. The issue is with the lack of will or the weakness or the inability for us to live according to the standard God gave. It's about the human passions. It's about the struggle. That we are struggling to live what we already know is true. Okay? So, so the focus is not as much on learning more things. The focus is on being able to apply and, uh, through the grace of God the things that we know. The famous verse in John 5.39 that says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The scriptures are full of the words of eternal life, and we read them, but then he says the thing you are lacking is not that you are not searching the scriptures, the thing you are lacking is that you are not coming to me so that you may receive the life that I am offering you. Because in Christianity, it is a relationship with God. It is, it is a union with God. It is a participation in God. It is uh, like, like a, it's not just me following certain commandments. It is a, 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 a participation with God, a fellowship with God, a union with him, and so on. So that's why the focus is not just about learning. It's not just about knowledge. It's the work of God in us. Jehovah's Witnesses have no clergy lady division. All baptized members are ordained ministers and all who attend services, including children, have an opportunity to participate. So they actually consider that every single Jehovah's Witness is kind of like a minister or a preacher. Most services are led by elders who are spiritually mature members of the faith or by qualified assistants who are known as ministerial servants. The public meeting and the watchtower study are often held on Sundays. The first is a 45-minute Bible-based lecture that is designed to be of interest both to members of the congregation and to visitors. So they have definitely have a big focus on evangelism. That's why they go out and they, they go door-to-door -door and they preach, and they're also inviting people to come to this public meeting so that they can learn more about the, their faith. The second is a one-hour question-and-answer coverage of a recent article on a Bible topic published in their main religious journal, The Watchtower. So they have several meetings, whether it be Bible study. Remember, they have a different version of the Bible. The, the New World Translation, NWT, is their version of the Bible, which mistranslates many things that to support their, uh, their, their, their belief system. And we spoke a little bit about that last time. They also have this question and answer so that people can ask questions and learn more. 
For the congregation book study, witnesses meet in small groups of about 10 to 15, usually in the private homes of members, to discuss a single Bible topic in depth. One of the books or brochures published by Jehovah's Witnesses is used to direct the question-and-answer Bible discussion. Recent study subjects have included family life, the reliability of the Bible, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, and a verse-by-verse review of the Bible Bible book of Revelation. So again, there's a big emphasis and focus on the end of the world, on the end times, on all the things that are going to happen at the end. So the book of Revelation plays a prominent role in their faith. You know, maybe maybe in our faith, yes, we, we read the book of Revelation and we study it, but we acknowledge that um, a lot of the things written in the book of Revelation are difficult to understand and that we are not sure what everything means. And, and that's the danger of when someone begins to think that they can fully understand all the prophecies in the scripture and the prophecies in the book of Daniel and other places to where they begin to make predictions about what in the end of the world is going to be and such and such. And that's why Christ made it very clear that no one will know the day nor the hour, okay, when the Son of Man is coming. Like, he, he, he made it very clear that we should not even expend our effort in trying to understand all the specifics. We understand from the book of Revelation and other prophecies, like the basic things that are going to happen. We know there's going to be tribulation. We know that the church is going to be persecuted. We know that our faith is going to be tested. You know, But w- what are all of the, the specifics and exactly how they're going to play out and what do they all mean? I don't think anyone can claim to know um, all the specifics of what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. So Christ, when he tells us no one is going to know, right, the exact time it's going to happen, it's for our sake, saying don't waste your time trying to figure out the exact day it's going to happen because that's a distraction. Because in the end, what is the, what is the benefit of knowing when the end of the world is? You know, for each of us, the end of the world is the end of our life. That is the last opportunity that we have in order to offer repentance, in order to make good choices, in order to ask God for forgiveness, in order to do good. That is the last opportunity we have is the end of our life. What good is it for me to know that the end of the world is going to come at some time in the future when I'm not even going to be there to participate in it? Okay, so we don't know. Is it going to happen tomorrow? Is it going to happen in a thousand years or ten thousand years? We don't know. But what we know is, is the way God has asked us to live today, and that's what we focus our efforts on. The Theocratic Ministry School and the service meeting are usually held on a weekday evening. The 45-minute Theocratic Ministry School is designed to help Jehovah's Witnesses improve their public, public reading and speaking. Students receive assignments on a rotating basis. So again, this is teaching them how to preach, right? Because this is, again, a big part of the way that they evangelize is by sending people out into the world, whether door-to-door and in other public places, and to teach them what is it they should expect, how is it they can speak about the faith, what are the kinds of questions that will be asked, how to answer them, and so on. So it's an evangelism training. Again, there are things we can learn from them, right? The idea that they have an evangelism training is very good. You know, if we have such a thing, then we can all be learning how is it we should speak about our faith to people, and that's very beneficial. At each meeting, six students give brief speeches on pre-selected Bible topics. An instructor comments on the speech and offers suggestions for improvements. Witnesses and non-witnesses of all ages can enroll in the school. So there is a, there's a critique. It's really a training, 
right? You actually put into practice what is it that you are trying to do, and you have someone to help you to improve, you know? I teach this uh, evangelism course in some seminaries, and I ask the students to um, go and evangelize to five people and record what was their experience in evangelizing to those five people. How did you feel? What did they ask? What did they say? What did you say? How did it go? Did you invite them to church? If so, what happened? I asked them, and all they have to do for this course is to just evangelize the five people and write down in a journal entry, like five entries, for one for each person. And actually, compared to the other courses of the, these seminaries that require their students to write papers and take tests and do assignments, the amount of work that they have to do in order to pass this class is minimal because all you have to do is evangelize the five people. And yet, I get so much pushback about this assignment because people are uncomfortable to evangelize the five people. And people will turn in their assignments, and the assignments will have nothing to do with what I asked them to do. Or instead of having five people, they'll have one person. Or there'll be like generic answers, like, I s have spoken to many people in my life. You know? So you can tell very clearly that there is a resistance. You know, the idea that I'm going to actually talk about my faith to someone is frightening to many people, right? Even though when you think about it, it's just a normal ca ca casual conversation. It's not, it's not something that requires extensive training, you know? It's just something that we have to be willing to open up and to talk about it. And then write down what happened. That was it. So the idea that they are teaching people this is very important because we should all feel comfortable talking about what we believe. The service meeting focuses on helping witnesses improve their ability to teach the Bible to others. Topics of discussion have included how to show good manners when approaching others with a Bible message and how to discern what Bible topics may be of interest to people in the community, like focusing on what is it that the people need to hear about. Again, when we go and speak about our faith, we have to think of it from the perspective of what is the person I'm speaking to care about? What is it that's interesting to them? What is it that they need so that I can make them realize that the church is offering them what is it that they need? In addition to these services, Jehovah's Witnesses are also encouraged to read the Bible daily and to study the Bible at home with their families. There is, however, no keeping of the Sabbath as Jehovah's Witnesses see this commandment uh, as unnecessary with the coming of Christ. So th they don't have like a day of the Lord. They don't have like a single day. As you can see, they, they, they go to the Kingdom Hall and they participate in all these activities really throughout the week, okay? Um, so, and, and, and they are encouraged to study the, the Bible on a daily basis. So you see, that again, there's a commitment here, right? They have so many meetings. It takes a lot of time. They have commitment in what they are doing, even from the youngest ages to the oldest. So in conclusion, what do we say about the Jehovah's Witnesses? Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in the immortality of the soul, and they say that this is the teaching of the devil. Only Jehovah has an immortal soul. They believe that immortality is given to one upon successful living. That is why Jesus has immortality, because he was successful with his test on the cross. Elsewhere, they say that upon his baptism, he was given divinity, which would mean immortality, but this was before his test on the cross. But, but again, the idea that Jesus is not God, okay, he is, they consider him to be a deity, but not the same as Almighty God. They call him Mighty God. Jesus is Mighty God, and Jehovah is Almighty God. Remember, they believe Jesus is a creation of God, not coessential with God. 
We believe that Christ died for the sake of all sins of people at all times. This is our belief, not just for the consequence of Adam's sin, which we inherited. Sin, repentance, restoration, and communion are not at the forefront of Jehovah's Witness teachings. Instead, following the ever-changing mandates of the Watchtower is the primary focus. So they, they focus very much on the, the teachings of the Watchtower, and, and, and that's what they place their emphasis on. Jehovah's uh, Witness religion is very recent, founded in the 1880s, has had six false prophecies regarding the end time, and has changed doctrine over 200 times. So they, they change. There's a lot of change. Okay, again, we go to the idea that we know God does not change. So if the human teaching about God changes, that means that we were wrong. Right? Maybe we're still wrong because it keeps changing. Right? God is not changing. So, so, so e even all these times where they claim to understand and know when the end of the world will be, and then when it doesn't happen, they are, uh, you, you know, they just make an explanation and they push it, and they push it to, to another day. So this is kind of an overview of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Here is uh, references that were used in this talk. Um, does anyone have any questions before we conclude? Yes. So that yeah. So they consider the cross. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a cross. It's a stake. It's a stake. They. I don't think. I don't think they call it a cross. I think. I think this is just the language that we are using because we are saying it was a cross. So they. They believe that. So on. On the one hand, they said that. He received immortality because he was successful on the test of the cross. But elsewhere, they, they, they say that it was given to him in baptism. He was given the divinity. So th there's contradictions, and there's, and there's things that are not clear. You know, there are some things that are not consistent with one another. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there's one answer to that question. So, like, you could say, for people who are very, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very unsure of their own faith, they don't really know what they believe, and they don't understand the differences between the two. If we see someone who is of a different faith, it's probably not the best idea to invite them to come and preach to you because you might get confused. And I know people who... Um, maybe had gone through some difficult thing in their life and they felt like the people from the church did not do enough to, to help them, to ask about them and so on. And yet at the same time, there were Jehovah's Witness people who were maybe paying them more attention and helping them. And so they converted to become Jehovah's Witness. A lot of people, they, you know, the, the, how they choose you know, what religion they are has to do with a personal experience as opposed to really studying the doctrine and looking at it and saying, okay, well, does this even make sense or not? Or what is the truth? Or what is the basis of this? So someone who, you know, who, who, who is kind of vulnerable, doesn't really know, 
you know, very well the faith. And, and so, yeah, I would say avoid talking with people from other religions that might come and confuse you. But, but don't just stay like that, like study and learn and understand so that you don't have to be so vulnerable that way, right? Um, but it's not, there's nothing inherently about Jehovah's Witness to say, no, we can't, we can't speak with them. You know, and I know people who have debated them because they did understand their faith, and so they, they, they you know, at th in the door, when they open the door, they open the door and they have a debate about it, right? Again, like, there's, there's not much really that can be kind of concluded definitively in a, such a debate at the door, um, but, but the idea that we sh there should be a response, like, we can respond, yeah. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day and for every blessing you give us. We ask, O God, that you be with us during this coming fast, and that you grant us a desire, O Lord, for holiness, and the willingness to sacrifice, and to give up, O Lord, the things that are comfortable for the sake of holiness, and for the sake of getting closer to you. We thank you for your patience with us, and we thank you for revealing to us the truth. We ask you, O Lord, that you would make us to benefit from this message and this salvation you have offered, and to respond to you, O Lord, in kind. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, and the communion the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go and peace of peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.